This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 438, I'm talking with fitness trainer Michael Merlino about high-intense interval training and how to start it safely. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin, but I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just deny it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I won't smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to exercise. Hello, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, I'm just a person like you trying to lose weight. And the last time we spoke, I weighed 235.9 pounds. I now weigh 234.6. So I'll take that. That's a move in the right direction. And part of that is has been a bit of a challenge. I was actually down to, I think, 234.3. But are you ready for this? Uh, last Saturday, so as I record this, this would have been the 15th. I actually spent 12 hours in the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack. Now, the good news is I wasn't. It's still a little weird. But what I believe I happened is I locked myself out of my house twice in the same day. Yeah, I know that situation has been solved. And in the process had to climb through the window. And the first time mid climb, I was standing on a shop vac and I landed on the window. And I wonder if I like, I don't know, in a nutshell, I tore every muscle there is to tear in my abdomen. And eventually my whole chest got tight and I was having a hard time taking a deep breath. And I went to the hospital because when you can't breathe properly and you feel a tightness in your chest, you kind of don't want to mess around with that. Good news is my heart is fine. They took x-rays, did a CAT scan. Everything is fine, which leaves the whole, like, I guess I climbed through the window is what caused it. Kind of weird when you don't officially know, but that kind of leads to, you'll hear a story today from Michael Merlino, how you never know when being healthy is going to really come in handy Michael is a friend of mine. He is a member of the School of Podcasting. He's been helping people with their fitness for 23 years, and he runs the website inflightrunning.com, and he is a fitness trainer, but he's also, it's kind of like when when I got my teaching degree, I have a you know bachelor's degree in education, but I specialize in technical education. So 
In the same way, Michael can help you lose weight. He can help you get fit. He can help you get strong. But he also specializes in being a running coach. So if you're interested in running, check him out over at inflightrunning.com. And I am always trying to jump into stuff and end up hurting myself and things like that. And I just reached out to Michael. I said, can we talk about, you know, you want to get results, but you don't want to kill yourself in the process. So here's my discussion with Michael Merlino from inflightrunning.com. I am the guy that will jump in too deep, too fast, too soon. So how do I do this without, with a little lower risk, I guess, is a way of looking at that. Yeah. And it, where I start with everybody, I don't care if they're a pseudo athlete, weight loss, whatever, a human beings, no different, whether you're a weight loss or you're a guy that's trying to get in shape and it really, three main components of that are obviously cardiovascular fitness, mm-hmm. walking, running, choose your weapon, man, walking, running, elliptical trainer, salsa dancing. I don't care if it gets the heart rate up a little bit and gets you sweating. And then strength training is big. Nutrition's a thing we all struggle with. It's like literally what you shovel in every day, but strength training is truly the missing link. I think for most people, especially with weight loss, whether you're a guy or a gal, it doesn't really matter because building that muscle is going to improve your increase. Your, you probably talked about on the show before, it's going to jack up your metabolism and metabolism is a fancy word for your ability to burn calories. And most of us obviously want to burn the fat and keep the muscle. So where hit comes in, it's a little variance of strength training. Like you're probably old school like me. The only reason we started lifting weights in high school is probably so we'd look good for the girls. That's the only reason a guy <laughs> a guy picks up the weights, man. Curls for the girls. So, you know, the traditional way to do that is when you're with your buddies back in high school, or even a lot of people do what they did in high school because they haven't learned anything different, is do a set and rest. Do a set and rest. Do a set and rest. Circuit training came into play with Nautilus and when gyms had these different weight circuits, different machine circuits. That helped a bit. So what hit is, is this, everyone thinks CrossFit designed this stuff or this is new stuff. There's this guy, Jack LaLanne, back in the 50s, the father of fitness. And he was doing stuff back then. He was coaching people on what was interval training and Different fancy words for it, but HIT is high intensity interval training. And what it really means is doing a weight training session where you flow through different movements with minimal time in between, kind of keeps the heart rate up a little bit. I'll give you an example. If I had you in the gym and we were doing round one, I would have you go through, and this is seniors that I trained in their seventies when they're ready to do it. And athletes and marathon runners we do, I like to do is do four different exercises Back to back, you can use something called a Tabata timer. And it's really, what's nice too, you don't have to count reps. So as a trainer, even though I count a lot, I'm probably the crappiest counter in the world because I'm focused on my client, what they're doing with their form. So I can put them on a timer. You can do this at home. 30 second time, 30 seconds on, 10 to 12 seconds off. And that, that would vary based on the person's skill level or whatever. And then you just let the clock roll. So you're doing, if you're doing push-ups, 30 seconds of push-ups, then you take a little breather, go to the next station. Now we're doing maybe a uh, plank or abdominal move. If you're in a gym doing free weights, then we would float and maybe a couple other moves. I like to do four strength moves and to do some type of cardio move that kind of jacks the heart rate a little bit more. Split squats. It could be, I don't want to scare people with burpees, but you, know, you could <laughs> do some type of movement that's not really strength. It's more something to get the jog in place stair steps, whatever. And then we, so that would be set one. Then we roll through those same four movements a second time for the, or a third time. And that would be round one. Okay. It keeps things flowing. And then why one body 
part is working, the other ones are resting. And then once the body thinks you're done, you're like, wait a minute, we're going through another round of this. Mo- a lot of beginners, one set's enough to get that going. Yeah. Uh, the sweet spot, I think, is two. When you get into I mean, the athletic side, or you're going to try to build more stamina, three-set routine works. So what's nice about that is based on how much time you have, say you're doing it at home and you got a jacked up day and you're looking at your watch going, man, I'm not going to get anything done here. I'm always, my advice to clients is then do one set of everything and do maybe 10 to 12 movements like this and sets of four. That's going to take you 18 minutes. If, you, if the clock is rolling, yeah. 18 is better than the big fat goose egg, right? Yeah. But on most days when you get time, it'd probably be a two set routine would be the best. Two sets of everything. I like to go round one, two sets. So you flow through uh, set one of everything, set two. Then I take, take a little one minute, two minute break in between, slam some water down, go into your third set. Same thing in the fourth or, or thir- second and third. When I write training schedules for people, when we're doing this, I know that if it's 30 seconds on and 12 seconds or 15 off, I know what that time frame is. So I actually put on the workout on the bottom. If you did a one set routine, it's going to take you 18 minutes. Yeah. If you did two, it's 36. You want to go crazy? It's three times, you know, that. So I like that because instead of the time excuse, people can look and go, okay, I got 18 minutes. If I just roll through one set of every movement, you're still going to get some bang for your buck off of that as opposed to sitting on the couch and watching ESPN or Netflix (laughs) for 20 minutes. So um, hopefully that kind of conveys that. There's a lot more. You could go crazy with this. I could do five episodes with you on different types of set and rep patterns and things, but it's just keeping the body moving. You get a little bit more sweat out of it. You get a little bit more fat burn component out of it and uh, build your stamina. So then when you do your cardio, when you do your pure cardio, so you go out and do a, a 30 minute walk. Now that we can work on the, the cardio engine or the pure aerobic side of things where you're just, it's, that's almost sheer fat burning. Right. And then where the rubber meets the road, you improve strength wise, you build muscle tissue, you can add more sets and reps to it. And that's what the body loves is progression. It's, it's funny. Cause when I, I tried something a little while ago, I forget some book I bought and it was, they had different routines and stuff. And so I did four sets and it was all basically on my legs and lower half of my body. And yeah. it, it totally zonked me for the rest of the week. My legs You're were probably toast. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so I, I like the fact that you said, Hey, you know what? You might want to start off with one set. Like go through these exercises, do one set, yeah. wake up the next day. If there's no pain, okay, let's go back, do two sets the next time. But yeah. when you jump into the deep end of the pool, especially if you're starting from nowhere, that, that can, that's when I was like, well, we'll do that again. <laughs> so yeah. And there's something called DOMS. Yes which is delayed onset muscle soreness. So normally what I see with that is the big muscle groups, it, like it's a two day delay. It's a 48 hour delay. So if you worked your leg routine this morning, the next day, ah, I'm a little bit tight. I'm okay. But that's usually the second day where you'll get sore from that. That's usually larger muscle groups, smaller muscle groups. You may feel a little bit more this, the next day, but, and that's why the way I look at it, to guys or guys have a tendency to work an upper body. That's the whole chicken leg thing. We work in our <laughs> biceps and our chest and the girls are the gate ladies. It's all about button thighs. It's all about button thighs. What I really preach everyone is guys like we need some leg work too. Right. Yeah. And the ladies, I'm like, you guys have arms and shoulders too. And um, like, so I'm really big on hitting all the different muscle groups and a lot of the smaller muscle groups because hip flexors and things like that, that, that assist the big guys on doing their job. And a lot of times people just stick to the, the, the core stuff, you know, chest, like chest press and squats and things. And the little guys are going, man, I'd like some, I'd like some love too, because <laughs> I help that glute muscle fire once in a while too. That is 
going to be one of my questions when I set up these routines is, do you recommend doing like a full body workout or is it a case like I know for a while there was a thing when all my friends were like, okay, chest and shoulders is on Monday, legs are on Tuesday, then we're back to abs on Wednesday or is that the best way to do it or is it just do a whole body and then take a day off? And then it's a good question. It's you get in what you're getting into without even really knowing it is. Yeah. And what I do as a trainer is exercise programming and rep patterns, what type of routine. And if it's truly, if it's truly personal training, what I do, it's not cookie cutter. It's because if you had an ACL injury, you've got low back issues or you've had a herniation, I've obviously I've got to tweak it. But generally speaking, I think most people, this is the power of the internet and this is the curse of the internet. <laughs> okay? And I think you've probably cover that on your multiple <laughs> shows, but there's a lot of information, which is good. Yeah. And there's a lot of information, which can just confuse you out of your gourd. So I, I like to keep it simple. I think beginners or those that are just delving into strength training, it should always be overall body workouts. Okay. And just, it doesn't even have to be like, you have to hit every muscle group, but the, I think the key would be two workouts a week, hitting every major muscle group, at least twice a week. If you're a beginner, I'd like to put two, I would do the way I'd program is put two days of recovery between those workouts. Mm. So if you're doing a Monday, be a Monday, Thursday, or a Tuesday, Friday. And that's a good, because you almost literally, if you cycle through that, you always have about 48 hours recovery between, and then in, in between you're doing, instead of working the anaerobic system, which is strength training, you're working aerobic system, which would be cardio. Okay. So that I'd start there. A lot of research has been done in this, like how many sets and reps you need. And what they see is one injury rate below, almost nothing. Right. Two, if you're a beginner, that's really the sweet spot. You get to three sets, the, your risk of injury goes up a little bit, especially if you're a beginner. You're doing four sets, it spikes dramatically. So even an athlete that I'm training, I can't tell you the last time I did a four set routine with anybody. Mm. including a Boston marathon or, or a CrossFit dude or whatever. Cause I know when I was a junior high, when we first got into this, everybody, oh God. everybody was into four sets of 10. That was it. Four sets of 10. It was chest press and chest <laughs> flies and bicep curls. And then you went home and you went and you, you, you drank some Joe Weider <laughs> protein shake with three eggs like Rocky and you were done. That's it. Well, yeah. What about, of course, the females you, you mentioned? It's really yeah. good for everyone because more muscles equals more calories burned. But yeah. what about the females? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to get bulky though. I don't want to end up looking. Like, not that there's anything wrong with looking like a female bodybuilder, but some people want their curves and they don't want to be all yeah. know, ripped and shredded. So, what's the advice for that person? Well, here's my take on that. There's a lot of stuff out there. Not as much now because I think there's a lot. The good news is there's more women strength training. Honestly, they need it more than guys because the average guy has about 30 times more testosterone than the average female. So regardless of your age, regardless of what's happening, your testosterone level as you age as a guy, women hate us for that because guys can pick up weights and throw them around and build muscle tissue in five seconds compared to them. So they got to work a little bit harder at it. The good news is more women are strength training. The bad news, there's more injuries there because a lot of women don't feel as comfortable in the gym doing the strength stuff. They're more, not as many aerobic classes, but they're more comfortable in more clannish stuff and aerobics classes and things like that. But it's the rare, it's the rare female that I see usually younger and usually more athletic 
that, yeah, they're going to, they do some heavy, they get, they do some heavy squats and stuff. They're going to, their thighs are going to get pretty muscular, but that, that's pretty rare. I think the average female is going to, it's all about body composition. So you really want to trade muscle for fat. That's a pretty good trade off any day of the week. Yeah. So with strength training, the muscle is going to build, but most people that do want weight loss. They're basically just, they're, they're trading out that, that, that must fat doesn't do much for it. Sits there and jiggles. The quality mass is really muscle tissue, and it's actually I look at it as almost shock absorption for the body. It's going to make you more durable, and especially as you age, you know you have to keep your posture there, your spine, and everything else, and you get into stability, flexibility issues. You age. You think about the average person that's our age or our elders that are in their eighties. It's yeah. usually with that when people fall and start breaking hips, that's the beginning of the end. When so you want to have that muscle so you can hold your posture and you're not yeah. susceptible to falls and stability issues and things. And and that's you make a good point. If you think about it, it just because you did, you know, two sets of ten today, you're not gonna wake up tomorrow and go, Oh, yeah. look at me, I'm all bulked up now. It's, no, it's gonna take yeah. a while. So I, I yeah. That that might be one of those little lies we like to tell ourselves. It's oh, I don't want to get too bulky. I'm a female. It's like, you got a ways to go before that's. Being- I mean, the lady. We can talk here. The ladies still want to fit in their jeans. They don't want to be busting out of their jeans. Yeah. What about? Because obviously, when you first start off, you have to find your sweet spot. Where if I don't work yeah. out to where I'm busting a sweat, then I'm just wasting my time. And if I go too hard, then I end up with, like you mentioned, DOMS, and I can't move, and everything hurts. Yeah. How do you? How important is it that we track what we're doing? Like, cause part of me goes, you're just going to remember that last Wednesday you did one set of five or whatever, but like that, but is it something that we need to, and do you have a tool that you like to track or is it how, is yeah. it just a case, just go in and do the best you can? So I'd write things down and I always log things down as a trainer. So I've got I've literally my own format. That's in a Microsoft word doc and I'm always tracking weight loads because when you're ready to go up on the rack, I tell the ladies even, you don't want to stick to the princess dumbbells, the little five pounders forever. Sometimes you got to go to the big girl rack. And if you're strong enough to do the same uh, amount of reps with a different weight, you don't want to be, back to your other point, you don't want to be afraid of going up in weight. You should never be afraid of building more muscle tissue. You definitely want to log that stuff. I think a lot of people do it on their phone, but there's a lot of these great little, um, just little these little exercise logs that you can pick up at Barnes and Noble and get them on Amazon. If you just do a, a search for a exercise log and a lot of times you can just write out your moves on there and then follow that with your Tabata timer. Some of the Tabata timers, the ones that actually cost a few bucks, you can actually, you can actually enter your movements into it. So while you're doing it, your chest press will pop up on your screen put you on the clock and those are pretty handy. And there's a bunch of them out there. There's yeah. no, there's no shortage. If you've ever, you go to the Apple store and just t- type in Tabata timer. Oh, there's tons of them out there that you can use, but it's important because you don't want to cheat yourself out of, you don't want to overshoot but at the same time. You don't want to cheat yourself out of growth by sticking to 10 pound dumbbells in your body. If Once your body can do my, if you're doing 20, 25 sets, the same weight forever, you, you got to go up in the weight yeah. uh, to, to progress. When it comes to food tracking, there's a new name in town, and that is Chronometer. It's a great app that gives you tons of stats, and their database is a whole lot more accurate than things like MyFitnessPal. Oh, and it's cheaper. One of my favorite things is if I have a food that's not in the database, I simply scan the label, and the software inputs the information for you. You can check out Chronometer by going to LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. That's LogicalLoss.com slash food tracking. Have you checked out the Logical Weight Loss Resources section? 
We have things like calorie trackers, breath analyzers, water reminders, weight loss challenges, scales, fitness trackers, habit reinforcement, mental health, weight training. If you have sore muscles, we've got resources for that. Some of my favorite books, our favorite supplements, it's all there. Go over to LogicalLoss.com slash resources. What if you took the accountability of Weight Watchers and combined it with the support of a like-minded community and the spark of a weight loss challenge? Well, you can find out at monthlychallenge.fit. The next challenge starts on the 1st. Use the coupon code NOW100 to get your first month free. Go to monthlychallenge.fit. And the last thing we haven't really talked about is nutrition. And boy, there's... <laughs> low carb, high carb, no fat, all fat. What's some of it seems to be a fad. Some of it, then there's the whole intermittent fasting thing. If we, if you wait long enough, in fact, I think, yeah, right now, somebody just came up with a new plan that my favorite is always the, you don't have to change a thing. You're going to do this and that and weight will fall off. And it's, yeah, if you, if you don't change anything, then you're definitely not going to get any new things. So what's, when somebody's coming to you and you're like, oh, all right, I'm gaining weight. What's your philosophy on nutrition? Okay. Well, number one, I'm a realist. I'm an Italian guy. I understand the power of wine and some pasta once in a while. Okay. <laughs> you got to have fun in life. I always feel like the nutrition priest every Monday because people come in and they confess their <laughs> nutrition sins for the weekend. Okay. And then I'm like, first off, I ask him like, Hey, was it good? And sometimes they're like, you're not getting on my case. I'm like, let's look at the week. Let's do the inventory here. There's I think the problem with the nutrition side of it, and I'll give you my take on that in a second, you can make up with a lot of mistakes on the nutritional side by just activity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, it should be 80-20 in favor of activity, in my opinion. Now, you can't be eating Domino's pizza every night, obviously. But I think the focus really needs to be, if you're looking at your week and you've gotten out the door, you've thrown the kicks on twice, and you've gotten just one weight training workout in for a week, yeah, and you're trying to lose weight, and you got to create a deficit, yeah, that's probably not going to cut it. So let's get that up to five a week and eat sensibly. I think the big thing, there's a reason I work with about three or four dietitians. Why? First off, I'm not licensed, a licensed dietitian. I know I, I, I coach my clients on nutrition, but licensed registered dietitian is what you want to shoot for. Now, those ladies that and guys that I hang out with and have lunch with and just talk shop with, most of them aren't, have, don't have people on crazy diets. It's sensible eating, three square meals a day, some healthy snacks in there to keep your blood sugar up, and staying away from the stuff that gets you in trouble, what I call empty calories. If most people, uh, my gosh, you can go to Whole Foods and you can throw stuff in your basket that's truly empty calories. Like you can still get cookies and chips at Whole Foods, okay? Like every time I go to Whole Foods, I always watch people's baskets and uh, it's just calories a calorie. It's yeah. all the whole, it's the whole, I use the Einstein line. He said that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. Mm. Once a calorie goes in, man, you either burn it into the atmosphere yeah. Okay. Or it's going to be stored somewhere. You probably don't want it to be stored. Yeah. So I'm really big on, let's just take out the crap that out of your diet that does nothing for you. Right. I, I could get, go crazy with diet, with sodas, whether they're diet or not. 
you know, let's get rid of the soda. There's a lot of people out there, probably your friends and mine, that probably need to get on a wine rationing program because <laughs> wine, wine and alcohol is basically just as caloric as fat. Yeah. So you're literally drinking calories in that are assimilated into your body pretty quickly and stored pretty quickly. Okay. So I think the average American, when I go to my grocery store here in Houston, my kid brought this to my attention. Oh my God, dad, there's like three aisles of wine in here. And that's really what this country's become. We've literally uh, talked ourselves into the fact that two glasses of wine a night is a good thing. And it's not, it's your body's got to filter that out and it's almost pure sugar. So let's try to get our alcohol consumption down a bit. I'm a big believer that you have a cheat night once in a while. Don't go crazy, but right. eat what you want. And if the activity's in there, you don't have to worry about that. Get rid of the garbage calories. Try to eat closer to the food chain. And that's where this whole 30 and a lot of the stuff has come from. Try to get away from the processed foods, get your fruits and vegetables in. If you can minimize, eat lean meats and you can minimize red meat down the road, I think that's probably a good thing. If you're going to do red meat once a week, it's not a killer, but you don't want to be, right. you don't want to be eating cheeseburgers and stuff five days a week. I love my steaks. I kind of try to spread those out and save that stuff for those occasions where you know you're going to go out with your buddies. You're going to have a work meeting and you're going to have to just... Yeah. Whether it's peer pressure or not, you're going to be slamming some calories down for, the, for that night. So, Well, and I, I think one of the points you make, too, is it's like you said, first of all, I'm a human, so I can't be perfect. Yeah. And what happens so many times is if we do make a obviously bad choice and oh, I thought I could eat just one piece of pizza, but I ended up eating the whole thing. Yeah. What happens then is we start a cycle where we then beat ourselves up for making a bad choice. And how do we make ourselves feel better now that we've made ourselves feel bad? Oh, that's right. We run back to the kitchen and it just creates this endless cycle. So yeah, it's, yeah. Do you have a, a story when you look back on somebody that you helped get in shape that uh, you could share with us? Maybe they came in thinking I'm never going to do this and they ended up, you know, reaching their goal. Anybody stand out in those 20 well, years? I've got a crazy story right. and this, but the one story I'll share with you and she's still living to this day. Nice. Fact, she's on my call list, but a uh, lady, her name is Joan Rowland. I met her when I was a young trainer in my 30s, and she was approaching 50, raised her kids. She was an interior designer, real busy lady. And when I met her, she was into fitness, but not much strength training. And then she just went crazy. She trained with me three times a week with strength. She ran at our local park about three times a week. And then at one, at one point, she was at a Vandy, Vander Holyfield's boxing gym. There was a gym here in Houston that Evander would train at here in Houston when he was in his heyday. And she would spar with... So she went from not doing much and raising her kids right out of the house. She started training. And I remember one day she went to her physician because this is the other message. It's not about... The vanity is a big part of this day, but a lot of it is really these steps you take literally change how your internal uh, organs and things work. Your body just is a great machine. So it's not all about how you, there's a lot of people I train would love to have the extra 20 off, but I'll put, put them head to head against anybody because they're just, that wellness part has improved. They're, they've weaned themselves off of their prescription drugs and things. So anyways, fast forward, she's in the, she's in the best shape of her life. You get a call from her. She's got some medical conditions going on and she's got stomach issues. It's uh, just something's not right. Did a battery of test and found out that she had a rare liver disease, like a liver type cancer thing. Mm. So she went from not that fit, crazy fit, worked with me, got to her weight goals, lost some weight and very happy with that. And then comes to find out she has this and now she's on a liver transplant list. Okay. So she's, here's 
they put me on a list. It's probably a one year wait for liver, but yet they've possibly given me a few months to live. So lost track for a little bit. She had to stop training with me, get a call from her sister about three months later. And she's Joan wanted me to call you, let you know that she's, she's going in for a liver transplant. I'm like, what the heck happened to the one year wait? So what happened is a young lady in Fort Worth area, 24 year old female died in a car accident, was a donor, Mm. organ donor, perfect match for Joan. They literally took her in, slapped a new liver in her and saved her life. And later she had guilt over that because she'd go to these focus groups of these people that had been on a, a one year plus wait. Yeah. And she asked her doctor about it. And she's like, why me? Like, why do I get this? And these people in the, my focus group have, and she's like, he's it simple. Do you think we want to give a perfectly good liver to somebody that's not in shape, that's obese, that's mm. got high blood pressure, that's got five, five major things going on with them? We're going we're gonna to give that to somebody who's fairly fit. So beyond the match, because your fitness level, you can't, sorry, but your number came up next. So I always share that with people, like when they're giving organs out someday, okay, yeah. <laughs> you want to be, be fit. So it's just a, a crazy story to illustrate that I'm in my late fifties and, uh, and a lot of people I train are, you want to have that quality of life. So when you do hang up the shoes one day from whatever you do for a living, but you've got that quality of life so you can travel and you can do things and not hopefully not being a walker, if you can help it. That would be my craziest story. I've had some folks lose 150 plus pounds. Going back to your other thing with nutrition, yeah. I still think Weight Watchers is one of, he did it with Weight Watchers and yeah. training with me because it, it's a it's an eating management program. They've tweaked it a bit. So there's different levels of it. But a lot of my biz, biggest success stories have been strength training, getting their cardio, and then with the nutrition because they couldn't quite figure that out. I'm like, just get on Weight Watchers. And that helped tremendously too. So hmm. yeah. Interesting. Michael, I want to thank you for coming on. Everybody, you can find him over again at inflightrunning.com. He's a fitness coach. If you're a runner and you want to take your running to the next level, that's his specialty, but he's an all-around fitness guy. And I really do appreciate you coming on and uh, helping us get a glimpse into uh, how to jump into exercise without, uh, without killing ourselves. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Dave. And it's just all about starting man the tough it's the whole two ton two ton boulder thing moving two ton boulder takes a ton of effort and i think the one thing i want to leave everybody with is you want to get on the street guys it takes literally if you're doing zero or not much your body literally takes six to eight weeks to figure out that something's even changing make it your mission to get through your first two weeks the average american new year's resolution if it starts on january 1 it ends usually average in about 23 days, but most people don't even give it that much time. And then you want to, once you get on the streak, let's keep this ball rolling because it's a lot easier to keep that momentum going once you got that, once you got everything in motion. So absolutely. All right, my friend, thank you so much. And there you go. Super nice guy. I'll have links to everything we mentioned out at logicalloss.com slash four, three, eight. And I also looked out for like, Hey, what are, you know, how many, there are a ton. When he said there are a ton of, you know, hit and Tabata, Tabata, I guess it is training, uh, apps are ton. I, I went to YouTube and I found one that's going to work for me. It's called seconds pro. Now there's a free version. The pro version is a whopping five bucks and it's an interval training. But what I like about it is what I'm going to be doing a lot is like you can put in your own exercises. Some of these have people doing examples of exercises. I know what a squat is. I know what a push-up is. 
things like that. So super easy to put in the exercises you want to do. So if you have a list of exercises, you could easily make your own kind of workout there, make your own circuit, I guess, in this case. And then you can say, let's say you want to start off easy and you're like, okay, let's go, I don't know, 10 seconds, something super easy. And then I'm off for maybe five. And then later you boost that up to 30 seconds and you're off for 15 and et cetera, et cetera. So that app works very well for that. It is not ugly, but it's not pretty. It's very basic, but that's what I kind of liked about it. It was super easy, and they have a bunch of timers in there. And I just went in and said, look, I've got five uh, exercises I want to do. Here's how long I want to do them. And then what's great about this is once I get up to a certain time, so let's say I'm doing you know, 60 seconds on, 30 seconds off, then I can look into, okay, now I want to do multiple sets of these. It's super easy to do that. If I had any kind of hmm about this is the fact that it doesn't track your history. Like it just makes it easy to remember, hey, here's what I want to do. It's Monday. I go to my Monday, you know, circuit. There's all my stuff. But I, it doesn't track that, oh, yeah, you did this much kind of work. I was using an app called Stacked. And this one's more for tracking if you're lifting weights. So depending on the scenario, it's kind of weird because that app doesn't know what to do when I say I did a push-up. It's like, yeah, but how much weight was that? I'm like, well, right now, 234 pounds. What do you want? So it's uh, I, I kind of like the seconds one. It's not made for like weightlifting, but just, again, the more the timer. And uh, it's just super customizable. If you use one, if you are say, hey, Dave, the, the thing you want to use to track this stuff is, you know, blank, feel free to go at the logicalloss.com, use the contact button there. I would love to hear from you. So thanks so much for tuning in. I did mention at the beginning of the show that I had a little health scare uh, last week. And uh, if you've been enjoying the show, but yet for whatever reason, you don't want to be a logical loser and join the accountability club at logicallosers.com. But you would like to support the show. If you go out to logicalloss.com slash store, there's just a donate button there for you to click on and throw me a few shekels or whatever dinero you have in your world. Cause I know I got a big old bill coming my way. I do have health insurance, but it ain't great. So uh, that would be a way to say thanks Dave for doing this podcast. I do appreciate you listening, and until next week, keep in mind, failure is a choice. And I'm asking you, why are you choosing failure when success is still an option?